0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Rich Klein. I, I bet we're not too far off in what we each think is the greatest national. Rich has been to almost all of them. I've been to all of them. We're hoping that the greatest national is the next one, but we'll see about that. But thanks. Sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, CompSea.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, and Scott Auctions, Panini, Upper Deck, and Top. So welcome, Rich. The greatest national. What what does that evoke in you? To me, the greatest national was the first one I ever went to, which was 83,
1: In Chicago. In Chicago. Why did you go to that one? Mel had me come with him. Oh, okay. And And we might have met there. We probably met you probably. At at Mel's table. At Mel's table. I wouldn't have known who you were by face in those days. Just like today, you're quiet. That's before the magazines. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think you had your picture on the books in those days either. Tried not to. (laughs) Tried not to. (laughs) I remember I was, or we were, but I was making a market at the time, or what today we would call make a market, and out of all things... Dale Murphy rookie cards, he was really hot at the time, really? and Ron Kittle rookie cards, yeah. who was uber hot at the time. Yeah, and In so, Chicago, so. he's. I only got one rookie card at the time, I'm a Fleer rookie. I think I was, by the end of the show, getting $5 each on the Kittle okay. rookies. Okay. Good luck trying to get more than 50 cents today yeah. on that. Yeah. And the Murphy rookies, I think, were $7 or $8, where today at least it should have held. <laughs> yeah, but it's gone up and down, It's, but I remember the activity in the room for 12 solid hours. They opened the door at nine o'clock, it's Friday. And I'm not used to Friday being such a busy day. Friday, it was nonstop the whole day for 12 hours. Maybe at eight o'clock it calmed down a little. Thursday night set up, I'd actually paid for my whole trip. There was somebody whose store had problems in Milwaukee and I had brought a whole bunch of Milwaukee Brewers cards with me and they bought every Milwaukee Brewer card
0: I brought. Okay, that pays for my trip. My trip's paid for. Well, what what else was special about that? It wasn't as special for me because By then, I was living in Texas, but I'd been to so many Chicago shows when I lived in Bowling Green, and they were great. This was just another hotel show at a Holiday Inn, but admittedly a national, but not so much corporate presence. Not a lot of of dealers. Maybe Donruss. Maybe Maybe Donruss, because they were close by. So what was
1: special about it for you? I think it was more activity than I ever saw in a New Jersey show, even. And it was the fact that it was Friday and 12 hours. We didn't have Friday. Even the biggest shows on the East Coast, we had Saturdays and Sundays. If They were two-day shows. And then at the end of the first day, we sat in a bar and wrote and hashed out the national bylaws. You talk about a day. The 400-mile rule was created on the fly in a bar room at that Holiday Inn. Yeah. I mean, my handwriting held. I have terrible handwriting. My handwriting actually <laughs> held that night. I'm writing down all these bylaws, and we're trying to remember the next day what, what most of them were. I wrote them down because even then, I was usually a designated drinker. I didn't drink as much as most okay. people. I might have one beer in an evening. That may have actually helped my handwriting, having one be, beer. could be. <laughs> And by that point, I was drinking sodas. I was writing down all the ideas. And that was the beginning of the national bylaws. That whole weekend was quite an experience. So the amount of business, the understanding that, hey, there's something more to the hobby than than New York and New Jersey and Philadelphia and Willow Grove. There's a lot here. And I kept making money when I wasn't even trying to make mm -hmm. any money anymore. One of my favorite stories is poor Lou Lipset drove out to the national with Mike Gordon, And Mike was nice enough to bring a box of books back for me. Lou had that box of books on his lap for most
0: of the trip back. So, Lou, thank (laughs) thank
1: you, Lou. I owe you many, but Mm. I really owe you for that one.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you're saying that the Parsippany show the very following year was not as good in sales for you? It was better in sales for me because I could bring more stuff. Yeah, okay. And I met you officially in the
1: softball field, at least to the best of my memory. So there were better things about Parsippany and the fact that I could sleep at my own bed at night since it was 20 minutes away. Did you go out to Disneyland the following year? Yes, I did. Because
0: that was just cool because it was a
1: Disneyland Hotel. Yeah, but that had a kind of a bad weekend for me. I had to go back to my room just before the show opened, and there's a message on my phone. And the company I was working for at the time, we had been called back to work. It was baseball reference before baseball yeah, reference. Yeah. It was 25, 30 years ahead of its time. Yeah. Mead, the paper company, was going to buy us out. And we were called back to work, and things were going well. They pulled out of the deal literally as I'm in the air going to to Anaheim. I find that out Friday morning. I'm in a great mood for the rest of the show, needless to say, that
0: you have no job to go back to. And this was really a cool job. I'm hoping that your favorite job ever was when we worked together, but that was a cool job. That was a cool job. That was a really cool job. I didn't say it was my favorite ever. It fit
1: you really well. It fit me really well. Especially in those days. Now, to be honest, I watch very little sports. I monitor sports. I pay attention, but I don't need to know the ins and outs of sports doing what I'm doing now as I did when I I I need to know who the people are, but I don't do enough in new stuff with where I am that I have to know every detail about how a person's on the field. I just have to know their names. It's a little bit easier. But that was a cool job. And I go to Anaheim. And in some ways, it's fun. But as I said, in other ways,
0: I know I don't have a job to go back to. Speaking of going back to, in 91, the National went back to Anaheim at the convention center. And by many accounts, that was the most attended national in history. Oh, and it, it t- has till to this be. day, and it was pretty spectacular. Is Gray, eighty-three. Your sentimental favorite? I think eighty-three.
1: Sentimental ninety-one is the biggest national ever in terms of dollars spent at any show. Brian Gray was telling the story, whether it's apocryphal or not, that he spent the entire national walking up and down outside the show, never even entering, buying and selling promo cards. The promos, yeah. You I, know, I that, mean, that would make sense. And he said he never, ever actually went into the show the entire four (laughs) days, whether that's true or not. The line was wrapped around the building. What I remember is B.A., and I think we were there with B.A. Murray and Grant and maybe one or two other people. And we went to a couple of the seminars before the show officially began. So we were in the building. And we didn't have to deal with the problem of getting into the building. We were already in the building, which was great, except on the first promo night. And I've told the story. It's the only time I've ever felt afraid for my life at a card show. Yeah. Just from the sheer crush of what was going on, there were a couple of dealers from Arkansas. Theo and I got to know pretty well. Bernie Lytle and I think Mark Shreve was the other one. And, uh, I see, and I'm and i with Bernie and Mark and I said, you want to go to the snack bar? And they go, "Why?" Well, I said, I'm afraid. And they go, yeah, so are we. So we spent at least an hour and a half waiting for things to calm down, having dinner at the snack bar, the, the promo night, the first night of the show.
0: And there were corporates there. And there, not only the corporates came with a vengeance and they were like, Lower-level corporates, I think, the way I think of it now, because they were, to compete, they were trying to have these amazing promos. Yes. That don't seem so amazing now, but it was instant money. Some of the promos were pretty good. They were well-designed. Some
1: were better than others, obviously. I think Upper Deck may have done their hockey or basketball promos at that show. So there are some. So there's Jordan. There's Patrick (laughs) Waugh. There are some really cool promos. And the crush of people at the show is amazing. And... You worked out a pretty cool deal with Mike Burkus because I didn't know, I bought my national tables the year before, BA still had his tables, you had your table, and we had Corporate Island selling back issues in the middle of- Of oh, the dealer area. Of the dealer area. And we had- Which an was ama- hotcakes. We had an amazing show. Yeah, yeah. I, It's funny because in 2000, we had a different reason for having the amazing show. Everybody, but you and me, got called off, everybody from the Price Cut area got called off the floor and worked in grading. We got so overloaded from that point on. Anybody in grading were had backup plane tickets. If something really happened like that again, yeah. we're going to send the people from grading so other people can do yeah. what they need to do. Yeah. So a lot of the Anaheim shows have been really good for Beckett. And I, at some point, I think we'd all like to go back to California.
0: Okay, what would it take for this uh, show in Chicago, which we're hoping is going to safely occur in a, in a few months, what would it take for that to surpass a greater number of people in it, attendance? I'm hard-pressed to think. It's, the problem is you're going to have
1: X amount of people stay home because they'll still be a little afraid of COVID. Even though we're getting our shots in the arm, I've got my first shot. My second shot will be sometime in April. We'll just say that. I had to drive to because instead of Frisco because of where my medical provider told me to go. But I'm not really complaining about that. I got to actually see Paul. I forgot his last name. Worth. Paul Worth historic by by going down there. So it was good to see. Business trip. Okay. It ends up being a business (laughs) trip. Yes. I think this year the National might be more dealer centric than ever before. Because the dealers... Are the corp- As opposed to corporate. I know Chris Carlin talked on Hobby Hotline about yeah. they're not sure whether Upper Deck is going to send all the people to a show. Plus, let's say, Alan, Nor- Alan Norris with Pack Wars. Are Good you point. really going to pack that many people into the tops area?
0: So, How he- about six feet of social distancing, spacing? Alan Norris's voice might, op- be,
1: Alan's might be able voice he, to- yes, he can carry. He
0: can carry. But the crowd there... Okay. But the Anaheim show that I really am nominating is the the, the greatest. It made corporate the greater draw. Made corporate presence a necessity. Yeah. Although Kyle's shows now here in Dallas that have 600 tables, not a huge corporate presence. It's still drawing a crowd, but it's not 100,000 people. No. And the last show we had reps from Panini, even more than usual walking around.
1: I knew a couple of them that don't usually come to the shows. Because I'm sitting with my friend Raymond at the front table late Thursday, and these people from Panini come, hi, Rich. And, of course, we're all wearing masks, so I don't recognize them. And we're talking, and it was good to see. I know C's talked about coming to one of those shows, especially because of the convenient location to my office. You
0: can get a staff reasonably inexpensively to show up. You don't have to fly a lot of people in. That 91, the only difference that has happened since then that's a positive is the breaker pavilion other than that you got corporate you got autograph guests you got strong dealer lineup well, well the breaker pavilion is new but
1: we've had a beanie baby pavilion we had a pog okay. pavilion we've had olympic pavilions that came and went That's came and went breaker pavilion i think is here to stay for the next few years that's really cool it's also becoming i'm going to say breaker and i'm going to call it the podcast pavilion but when did we lose the seminars
0: because the seminars were still going in the 90s. 91
1: was the last year for the seminars. You're kidding. No, we had seminars in 91 just before the show began. We and that have, was it. And that was it. We lost all the other stuff. The seminars, the trivia contest. Is that was,
0: because the 91 show was so crazy, so huge, that people just thought, and there was so much money in the room, and then went to Atlanta the next year? and went to Atlanta the next year. That had to be a big drop-off. That was a huge drop-off. That was... But still no seminars. And still no seminars. But we got our rookie cards. But we got our rookie cards. Yeah. Yeah. What else is John Brogy and the Burkas clan going to have to do to top that for this next year or the next couple of years when all the restrictions are lifted? Do you think we'll ever see a national that has 100,000 people showing up we, uh, over the weekend? We might, especially because, look, Chicago in
1: 2019, I know that you count the people who may have counted four or five times the VIP ticket. Chicago, and I don't know if there was ever official announcement. But I will tell you, Chicago in 2019 came a lot closer to anything since 91. And we got a shot this year. And we have to hope that certain things break. But I think we got a shot of drawing more people in 2021 than
0: 2019. I just thought of technicality. Basically, what you could have is that if you don't get an all-day pass, you get a four-hour pass, then they may sell 100,000 four-hour passes. Because I'm going to buy several. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be going, walking out and then coming back in if I can help it.
1: Uh, I think somebody will get you a corporate pass or well, a I,
0: dealer pass. I, I, I think yeah. we can work that out. It can be media, maybe. You can be media. Yeah, okay. you're, you're doing a podcast. It okay. can be media. Okay. So when are we going to get back to Anaheim? If Anaheim's so great in the West the Coast. The problem with Anaheim... And we haven't been to the Moscone Center or San Francisco in since a long time, we, We've yeah. been to
1: the Moscone Center once,
0: 87. We've never been That's, back to... And that was
1: huge in its day. The problem is it's just harder and harder to get the dealers to travel mm-hmm. from the
0: East Coast or the Midwest to the West Coast. I would love to see that, but it's not It seems like dealers that are coming to the National either bring a small quantity or a large quantity. There's the David Adams type people that bring a semi, but a lot of them are just filling up showcases with expensive cards. By the way, Adam came down to the
1: last Kyle show.
0: He did? I didn't see him. Yeah.
1: He was there. He introduced himself to me too. He was yeah. there.
0: Yeah, I didn't Was he wearing a mask? Yes. Okay.
1: That's why I didn't recognize him. Well, he came down to the million card uh, breaker, so he came down as the owner, so
0: it was good to see him then, so I get to see him once a year now. (laughs) What's your most recent sentimental favorite of the Nationals, other than the next one, or the 2019 Chicago? You've got friends in every place, Yeah, and that's good, but it's a lot of the same people in every place.
1: It is, but I don't think I have a favorite, but I think they're all wonderful, because it's just like when I would go to the Sabre Conventions... It's the once a year chance to see your friends. And we always say there's always somebody missing each year from our friend group that, for example, I know I'm not gonna see Full Spectre this year. Yeah. And that's the only sad thing, even though we meet new people and we make new friends, it's always sad when you realize you never get to see certain people again. Yeah. So in a sense, they're all sentimental because it's always fun to see when I come in the door and see John Ramirez and B.A. Murray just inside the door and chat with them. I told the story a few years ago, (laughs) Chicago 2017, before the Nationals started selling out the dealer tables, like immediately, they would have dealer breakfasts and technically as corporate, I wasn't supposed to go, but it's like, right, Rich, you're a dealer. Come on in. <laughs> I would have a cup of coffee and some orange juice and I'd sit with John and BA and we'd tell the stories of the early eighties and they would go to the seventies and Lou Brown emailed me at the end of the thing and he's a big distributor. He says, I want more of those stories to hear. Are BA and John the only two that have a full? And the, and the golds. And the gold, uh, the AU gold. Sports still oh, have. Yeah. Actually, there's no gold left of it. You know, none of the golds are left who were involved in AU Sports, but AU Sports still exists. So they're still there. Yeah. They split with Memory Lane now. Memory is, Lane takes the front half and they take yeah. the back half.
0: Is Bruce the only one alive? Bruce is the only one alive. Oh, that's sad.
1: Mary Ellen ended up owning the store after Steve passed and it wasn't something right for her. To Amazing
0: think. family. Yes. Amazing family. Yeah. You yeah. yeah. We could maybe do a tribute We need to, to do a tribute to, the, to Audrey and, and, and we'll, Steve. The maybe. next time we'll do a tribute to them. Good. Okay. A good melancholy note to end on, but we'll make it in a positive tone. There was an amazing Chicago family that I saw at least once a year. So, again, thanks, everybody. Thanks, Rich. Be back again tomorrow.